This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Dime. As always, I've got my right-hand man, Kellen Finney, here. And this week, we have a super special guest, the president of Ionization Labs, Cree Crawford. Cree, how you doing? How's everything going? And welcome to The Dime. Hey, thanks. And, uh... I'm I'm so glad to be here with uh, two two people in the industry that I consider friends too. This is great. It's uh so good to see y'all. We're looking uh, forward to chopping up with you. So, Creek, I think yeah. for our listeners, it'd be great to give them a little background on you, how you got in the space, and really what Ionization Labs does for the cannabinoid industry. Yeah, um, I'll give you the abridged <laughs> version. Um, I started out in um, professionally in the space about ten years ago. I um, had sold a company and I really wanted to get into the medicinal aspect of the, uh, the cannabis plant. And I had made some friends uh, in Northern California that were in the space and they kind of took me under their wing and they gave me a really, really intense, deep learn up on the industry. And I said, you know what? I really want to do this. I want to commit to, 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 to doing this. And I went out to California. Uh, I, I'm, I live in Texas and from Texas and uh, I went out and I started putting together land up and down the coast. And so from Monterey County all the way up to uh, Sonoma County, I had uh, put together a number of properties. And um, of course, all within the legal you know, aspects of how, you know, Prop 420 and everything in California. But of course, the federal, this was you know, a while ago, so the federal government still had a big big play in, in, in mitigating operations. So there was a certain number of plants that you could actually grow in one location on an APN, you know, a designated APN. So we had our collectives that we put together way under that number to be safe. But in order to do something impactful, we had to have a large number of properties. And so put together a bunch of standard operating procedures and, and, and brought together some of the greatest growers, um, and, you know, artists and growers from around the state. And um, we would start donating to um, dispensaries all around the state. And uh, testing started popping up about six years ago as a requirement for dispensaries. And initially it was like, hey, you know, we want to make sure medicine is medicine. And I just, I, I just latched onto that. I said, you're absolutely right. I love this. And um, let's know what the product is. So I would send samples off and it would, uh, I waited one, two, three, four, five. Waited seven weeks to get a test result back, and during that time frame, I had a a very large donation set up ready to go, and I lost it. And it was it was really damaging to the business because we lost that donation at the time. And I said, okay, this is interesting because if I'm going to wait seven weeks and the industry is really starting to gather, you know, momentum, that's going to be a big problem and exacerbated as the industry expands. And not only in California. How is this going to affect the whole industry as it expands from state to state? And then I heard rumors about some of my other grow friends that were like, hey, I sent these samples in and I would get them back and they'd be 25, 28, 30% difference in the test results. And it was the same product. And so another light bulb went off in my head and I said, okay, that's a challenge too. And that's not really even science. That's, that's almost like throwing a dart. So I took that, I kept chewing on that and I said, you know what? I'm walking through one of my fields really late at night. There's a full moon and I've got all the trichomes, everything's sticky on my arms. And I'm like, 
wait a second. I think that there's a solution out there. And I think that there's a business opportunity to profoundly impact the industry. And it's something I really wanted to do. Uh, I have a had a young child at the time. And I'm like, I really want to do something impactful. And my other businesses that I had developed two of them in the past have been to address industry challenges. I mean, it's a good place to start, right? So I naively at the time said, I think there's a chance or an opportunity to create an in-house, you know, in-lab or in, in, in on-the-farm testing solution that, that, that could help support uh, throughput and data and, and understand what you've got. And I reached out to my, uh, my really good friend and who's now my, my co-founder and business partner, who's our CEO, Alexander Androwis, Alex Androwis, who's in the wine industry for about 20 years. And I said, Alex, you know, you guys test for wine. There's this whole process. And he, 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 get it. he got it. He understood what I was trying to talk about. I said, okay, let's, let's figure this out. Let's come up with a solution that we can bring on you know, to farms and extraction. And extraction was really new at the time. Like I knew some of these, the, the, the pioneers in extraction, these guys are cool and crazy. And they were like, yeah, that would be great if we could test right there, just to understand and, and, and know what our product was. So the first thing we did was what's the most volumetric test that is out there that we could build a business around. And that was potency. So potency, as we all know, in the, you know, the, the, the legal marijuana industry, that's the value of the product. And now in the hemp industry, it's not only the value of the product, but it's also the legality of the product. So you've got this both sides of this. So we, we identified that testing was going to, or potency testing was the, uh, the focus we were going to have. And then we said, okay, what are the technologies out there that, that were potency focused? And so uh, GC was one, and then HPLC were the two others. Those are lab, lab, laboratory acceptable uh, technologies. GC, I never really liked because it adulterates the sample. It changes it from what it is to something it could be. And that just, again, that just didn't sit right with us. So then we migrated to HPLC and we said, oh, great. So we raised um, some money and we spent our first uh, about a million dollars on developing our own little HPLC. And the whole purpose of that was because we wanted to be able to create something that um, we could possibly even give away. We were, we were doing this just to control costs. Well, wow. Don't get into that space. That's where I got all my gray hair and my gray beard is, is, is getting into the manufacturing space. It was, I mean, it was an incredible experience, experience because now I know truly what an HPLC is from everything, but we had about 150 SKUs and we got a price point down, but we were like, what, what if one of these businesses go out of business? What if two of them were dead in the water? And we didn't, we, we really at our core, we wanted to create a solution, not sell a thing. So we scrapped that and we said, okay, let's look at some of the top HPLCs in the world. You know, the manufacturers, so Waters, uh, Shimatsu, Agilent, um, you know, there's a couple of other uh, not, non-high level HPLCs that we were looking at as well. And we uh, rented, leased, uh, bought a bunch of these different units and we started evaluating them for our use. And um, we zeroed in on an Agilent platform, which was very cost-effective and just a rock-solid uh, workhorse. So we went with this, this uh, affordable um, Agilent uh, HPLC system. And we said, like, okay, now we have to scale it. It has to be able to be used by a lot of people. Well, HPLCs and that software is uh, that's pretty much reserved for like um, masters of science or, or you know, you know, PhDs, it's very, uh, it's a challenging software and process to use. So we started developing our software and a software we thought if we could get this software interfaced, we could simplify processes because HPLC can be used 
for a number of industries and a number of applications. But what we did is we crafted it and kitted it out to be specifically utilized for potency. So the columns that we use, methods, everything that we use is just for one application. We spent a lot of time developing out software that interfaced with the hardware operations and then the analysis of it. And we worked on a really cool UX UI to make it really simple. And then we went into the lab and we worked with some of the top cannabis scientists uh, out there, like a Chris Udella, great guy at Proverde Labs. And Chris helped us to understand the, the methodology of extraction. And we went in and we reduced the number of steps in an extraction process by providing pre-filled vials and certain things that would eliminate human touch as much as possible. Because the one thing is, the more you touch something, the more variability there is that you bring into the whole thing. So we uh, came up with a software solution, simplified methods, started getting these units out there into the industry. And then just last year, we had this in our, we have these in our labs now, these CAN-ID systems in our labs. We have a centralized testing lab that we actually test for products around the world. They come in and um, we test as a service. But when we got our ISO accreditation, the CAN-ID system is the only method we have in our lab. So when ISO came in, A2LA came in, they validated our method, but our method has our software and total solution in there. So uh, we can confidently say that we could drop these into any you know, centralized lab, testing lab solution, and they can get, they could get this method approved. So we've got that top level, that it's, it's laboratory grade, and that's proven. And now you can actually bring that in-house to your, again, into your lab or onto your farm. What that does is it, it's democratizing chemical analysis. It's bringing very high-level, high-grade data to people that need it the most in a timely manner. So uh, for extraction, you can do a run and test and, and see what your, your, your chemical profile is of your product. And if you need to, you go back and, you know, just change pressure, temperature, time, whatever, you know, those are the top three variables. Kellen can probably correct me uh, on that. But those three parameters, you know, have profound impacts on the, the final product. And you could go in and change those and do these runs and calibrate your system to maximize yield and also to keep your formulations consistent. And to have that on site is some of our clients, uh, you know, our client partners, they just love it because it's, it's helping them with a process that's, you know, it's affecting their bottom line in a positive way. And it's, again, it's giving them the data and that confidence to run an operation, which a lot of times before it was like, okay, let's do this and let's send it out to the lab and wait. Okay. It came back. Let's try this. And it, it was very frustrating. So we're operationally optimizing extraction. And then in, um, for the farming, we're bringing precision farming elements to that. So if you're out in a farm, as soon as you pop a flower, uh, you put a grid, you know, there's a standard uh, agricultural practice. You put a grid, it's five points, point, point, center, point, point. And what you can do is go out and with your phone, get your GPS coordinates and put it into our software. And you can then track your cannabinoid profile over your whole harvest. And, you know, different, you can track your different fertigation impacts, which are important on cannabinoid production topography, you can say, you know, this part of my field wasn't doing well. I wonder why or what, what it did, or something's popping over here, this CBG, I wonder why. So uh, again, it's a tool that brings in data that people can apply to practical applications in their ag. And here, here's another thing. Uh, we just sponsored a, a, a project, a research project called ClimaCan. And ClimaCan is partnering with ClimaCell which is one of the world's granular weather mesh programs. So I have this on my phone and I love this app so much that I called them. I said, hey, I've got an idea. What if we took 
weather, cultural weather data, you know, about 25 data weather points, you know, humidity, temperature, all that kind of cool stuff, and applied that to potency result. So every time we took a potency result, all of these weather, cultural weather data points basically impacted what that, what that chemical profile for the plant is. If they add in their fertigation information too, which is custom for the farm, we could then accelerate strain identification of success. Now, what that means is at the end of this year, when we when people go into ground, uh, they're able to start recording all this weather. We're uh, this website you can actually go sign up, and when you sign up, you put your GPS coordinates in this, and it'll start recording every hour on the hour for this farmer throughout their whole harvest or cultivation and harvest. What we're hoping to get out of it is. The chemical, well, first of all, the success of the crop. So they'll say, yeah, we had a great, you know, and they're, they're going to write up a little uh, blurb on what strain they used. And um, also the chemical profile, we're, we're going to offer that as part of this, this whole, this whole um, project. And we'll hopefully look at it and go, okay, these average weather patterns within, you know, 5, 10, maybe 15% made this hemp strain grow very successfully. So that takes a lot of the guesswork out. So maybe if somebody else could, you know, in the area had their weather patterns uh, recorded, they could say, okay, well, this, this strain will hopefully work. Um, and, and we can accelerate that whole process. Cause right now in Texas, that's been the worst. Uh, and I think a lot of States, you're like, you're guessing, you're like, Oh, well, this is a great strain from Italy. I hope it works. It's within a you know, certain area, but it, there's so many variables that we just don't know. And that's, you know, people are like, well, well you know, what's the common denominator? And I think the common denominator for us as a company is really we're a data, you know, and, and, and analytics company. We're, we're, we're here to create opportunities for all the data, this valuable data to be aggregated and then apply it uh, to valuable uses. So yeah, we're, yeah, I appreciate being able to, to do that riff there because it's, it's, just, it's, it's a lot to absorb, but we're, we're very, we're uniquely positioned because we're again, we're a centralized testing lab that supports people that 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 you know don't have their in-house testing. But we also compound that with, you know, when you get to a certain threshold of a number of tests per month, we suggest, hey, you, you really want to probably put a can ID system on your farm or in your extraction lab because it's going to be much more cost effective for you. And that's what we built the solution to be is a really cost effective laboratory grade that you know you can really defend that data. And, you know, who else uses it? We've got um, new marketplaces that are opening up. And one of the biggest challenges with marketplaces is how do I, okay, somebody puts up biomass. How does anybody trust that COA? You know, how does that, is that real? I mean, there's a lot of, we all know, I mean, there's, there's stories of labs even changing COAs to benefit the client. And not only that, there's brokers out there and they'll go in and change stuff. So how do you, how do you create a sense of confidence in a marketplace that's a differentiator. And that is by having a standardized testing platform so that everybody that's in that, you know, selling and buying can refer to a, a specific test result from a standardized platform. You know, I can, I, I can say confidently, we've done reports internally where we've got a can ID system, say in California or Colorado or Florida or New York, and there's machine to machine variants in the single digits. And that's, that's very, very compelling because remember at the beginning of my story, it's like, yeah, people are getting 25, 28% variance. Well, this is, this is really low. So there's a strong confidence built in to what we're doing. All these things go along with 
our commitment to the industry to try to raise the industry up by offering a standardized a solution that can be out there that can be defendable and with the data and support um, everybody with as close to real-time data as necessary to run their operation effectively. Nice. I appreciate you breaking that down for us. I think you made a bunch of really interesting points, everything from the interstate commerce where we've seen in the news, the police officers pulling over the huge trucks and saying, this is cannabis. It smells like it. We're taking you guys all in and it ends up being hemp and they get blasted on the news for pulling over something that should be legal. And and just it, it's just because there isn't an, an application to kind of validate what's going on. And there is a kind of a lack of knowledge from a a societal standpoint of exactly what is legal and what is not from from everything that's going on. So I want to take you back to a quick point you said a little while back about the testing. And now currently the operations is they, they take a sample, they send it to a lab and then they wait. Yeah. What does the facility do in that meantime? And what does CanID ionization labs kind of alleviate from that to allow for the operators in the space to kind of take advantage of that time difference? So, you know, and I can only effectively speak to our own lab operation. We only focus on potency. You know, a lot of labs are, are, are offering a lot of the other analytes and testing, which I think, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. Number one, hey, they're offering a lot of other services, but potency is 69 to 75% of all tests are, are potency, whether it's for QA, QC, or for COA. QA, QC meaning quality control internally for ops, uh, and COA is for certification of analysis. Uh, for listeners who don't know. And I think one thing uh, from a service standpoint for providing, uh, you know, lab services, the traditional lab services, we're totally kitted up for just doing that. So I don't think we've ever missed, we're doing 24-hour turnarounds right now. Um, We do have a 72-hour option, but I don't think we've ever even gone anything out over two days. Um, And that's, again, because we're specifically focused on that, capturing that data point and providing it to the client. Having the CAN-ID on site, of course, eliminates any need to send a quality control tests to a lab, third-party lab. I think the best thing, Cree, would be to kind of emphasize what the benefit is of having that testing in-house versus the old way when they were sending it out and having to wait. Like, what were most clients that you talked to, what were they doing before they had this kind of analytics in-house, right? So were they sending a sample out and waiting to see the results before they made any changes to their operation? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. So in the extraction, you know, side, which is, you know, you're you're all's bailiwick. So, yeah, you do a run, you take a sample, and and here's another thing that, that comes up, homogenization. Okay, just because you get a sample... You, you got to make sure what sample you're sending in because some of the some of the newbies would just here. I'm going to take a sample from the bottom or from the top. They wouldn't mix it, and these oils, you know, cannabinoids, they you know, in, in in fluid, they'll they'll start separating. So I know I just went on a dogleg turn on another subject, but you know, these are things we learned and we we share with our clients. So they'd send a sample in, and yeah, they they'd wait and they'd take the line down, and I don't know, they they pay all their, 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 their staff and they just wait around for a result to come back. The result would come back. They go, okay, uh, we need to change this. Like we, we shared, you know, pressure, time, temperature, and they just have to wait. And it's, it's stalled the whole, the whole, the, that whole operation with this, you just, you know, maybe put the, 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 the line down on, on pause, um, or you could keep running. And then within, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you've got you know, you, you, you've got a, you've got an understanding of ballpark of what you've got, not even a ballpark. It's down to like one part per million. What's your profile? And you can make adjustments from there. 
calibration, of course, uh, once you get it up to the max, the best yield, you know, you can always dial that sucker back in and, and, and keep within that threshold that you're trying to go for. But yeah, what they did was they took it offline and they waited. In our industry, it's time is money. You're making money when you're processing. In the field, for hemp specifically, if you don't get a if you get a sample in and you're still growing, and what if you have two or three hot, hot days that really stress that plant out? You know, a lot of people don't know this, but THC is a plant's uh, is the the cannabis plant's natural sunscreen. And if it's really hot and stressed, it'll pop the, the THC levels right, you know, to the top of the canopy. That can be the difference between, and I mean, around harvest time, that could be the difference between losing your crop because you're popping over the 0.3, 0.3 or not. And so it's it's uh, an insurance policy too. Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I would say to have it on farm. You know, we're all during harvest season, we're all pressured to try to get stuff done because there's an influx around harvest time. But again, we had a really good year um, this time this time, and, and we were baptized by fire. And uh, I don't think we let anybody down. But I have another question, Cree. Yes, sir. How much money would they save? Right. So instead of say I have a really good lab and I'm sending results to it every single week, right, for R&D purposes and kind of highlighting all those points we just touched on. Is there going to be savings by bringing this kind of technology in house and doing the doing the testing in house? Yeah, um, I am going to pull up a graph. Our awesome chief science officer is not just a science guy; he's a business guy, which is a unicorn. And uh, he came up with a graph, and the variable was uh, we I can clip we can before. we can link it in the show notes so that people can see it and then refer to it during this point. So okay, so would that be easier? Okay, so what? What you're looking at is uh, the diff- there's three there are three variables scenarios. So one scenario is uh, can ID, bring can ID in house. The second scenario is sending it out to a lab, uh, and we utilize an average uh, testing uh, price in the United States. I think it's around sixty nine dollars is the average all across the, the industry. Uh, and then the third variable was bringing another HPLC and a scientist and starting from scratch, having them build methods and then having that person in house. And when you look at the graph, there's a profound cost savings um, by bringing a a solution like we developed in because we've, we've eliminated all those guessing points. We've eliminated all that variability. This, the pro the, um, the consumables that are provided because we buy all this in bulk and provide it to our clients all those savings are passed on to our, our clients. We're not, we're not going, all right, a thousand syringes cost you this, this, and this. It's kind of like the blue apron of chemical analysis. Everybody in a blue apron, it's like, here's your meat. You got to cut it up and your veggies and just stick it in. The thing. I'm, a, I'm a hello fresh guy. There you go. Okay. <laughs> no free advertisements, no free advertisements, guys. Okay. But, uh, but that's kind of, uh, 
that that that's that goes back to our our our, our focus is to be solutions providers. And the less amount of work it takes to actually perform the test to give you the result that you need to run and operate is our goal. We want it to be as simple and painless as possible, as turnkey as possible. I remember when we got our first HPLC out there, you know, it it you go, it's it's a full almost two days of training. Now, because of COVID, we've actually had to uh we couldn't fly any of our install people. We've actually we didn't shut down. Uh, we we adapted, and what we did was we uh, we created a studio in our lab that has the full setup mirrored to how we have somebody set it up in their own location. And we follow they follow one of our techs, and we've actually done a number of successful installs with clients, and they're up and running and and and, and operating uh, again in that time frame. But we're doing it remotely which is having a lot of the life sciences companies going, what the heck are you guys doing? And they don't believe it, which is great. I guess it took two business guys that, you know, uh, I call it, I was naive enough to, to not know it, we couldn't do it. So I, I guess the power of, you know, uh, thinking you can do something was very, uh, very much proven here. <laughs> it was, uh, I'm saying that very humbly, a lot of work, a lot of great people surrounded, but you have to, if you're going to democratize something like, chemical analysis, you have the scalability is the most important part of it. And the simplification of it opens up whole new deployment opportunities for not only the hemp and legal marijuana, but food and beverage testing. I mean, there's a lot of other markets that we hope to be able to bring this into to support those industries to be able to test more because the more test data you have, the more you can run efficiently. And and again, you know, create better products, offer more safety to the public and, uh, you know, just create for a better world, I guess. You know, I think, thought you brought up something uh, really interesting there. So other industries, do you guys work with your clients, say, if we are curious about potentially sugar levels or something like that in a plant and a farmer's looking to kind of regulate those levels? Have you guys taken on projects like that with clients? Yeah. Kel, we haven't Outside of that, like potency circle, right? Yeah, so so we haven't gotten into like a bricks testing for for grapes or something like that. That's that's on the books. We what we are expanding into is uh, like terpene and and solvent testing. The 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 one thing that our software developers so great. We we had this thing built so the software can to integrate with hardware. We're hardware agnostic, um, and so our software. If we can get into the the hardware mechanics, get into that part of it. Along with the analytics, we can just pipe right in. And when we do that, we're, you know, and, and uh, with Agilent, you know, they've got another manufacturer, they've got GCs, and GCs are really good for terpenes and solvent testing. So that's our next one. Um, mass spec, this is a big lift, but we're really excited. We've got a lab that we uh, just partnered with in New York State. So they're going to be a, a full uh, Agilent house. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just, they're great partners. And um, so we're we're, uh, we're writing we're going to be writing software into their their current software system in order to simplify that process and pull it all together. So it would be a can ID testing suite. So not just potency, but that's where our starting point was. Now we can kind of branch out. Um, there's some other exciting things we touched upon earlier, different types of hardware uh, that we can interface with that. It, it touches the whole ecosystem and creates again a whole solution as opposed to here here's a thing for this here's a thing for this it's like no we understand the whole industry and and the steps and processes let's let's do something holistically 
So I, I want to change gears for a moment and go to a listener's question because I, I want to hear both of your opinions on this. Kellen, you've often mentioned potency is king. Do you think it'll always be king? And if not, what do you think will surpass it? I would like to think that it won't always be king. I think right now consumers look at that label and there's a direct correlation to the effect I'm going to feel from that product based on the concentration of cannabinoids in there. When I think the science is actually pointing to, it's a lot more complicated than just the presence of one molecule such as THC or CBD and the effectiveness of, of a lot of these products. And so I, if I was a, a betting man, my bet would be that it kind of follows more or less kind of an alcohol standpoint in terms of proof of your, your alcohol, right? So beer has a specific proof and then there's a, Vodka has a specific proof in terms of the concentration of ethanol. And I think as cannabis industry matures and consumers recognize strains more and the different effects of these different strains, um, I think that there's going to be a, a much larger emphasis put on terpene testing. Um, that's just my guess, though. I agree. Uh, yeah, this is a really exciting subject. I, I love talking. <laughs> as you can hear, I love talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity to share all this stuff because it's so exciting. So to that effect and to compound what Kellen said, yeah, so I see the, the potency, so all the cannabinoids, then you've also got the terpenes, which is important. Even flavonoids are becoming talked about now. And we've talked about this, guys, in the past. Can you so, share what that is just in case someone doesn't know? It's a secondary class of terpenes, right? So they're just instead of like terpenes, what people think of, of the smell, right? Yeah. Like your monoterpenes, like myrcene or linalool, right? They're just more, they're like the next set of complexity within that metabolic pathway, right? So it's like taking two single pieces and making a double piece, right? So sesquiterpenes is typically where they fall into as a category. And then the even further category of sesquiterpenes is kind of cannabinoids, right? So you could think of flavonoids as the intermediate of terpenes and cannabinoids, and the terpenes form the flavonoids, and then the flavonoids form the cannabinoids. It's more complicated than that, but I think for uh, a broad understanding of the listener's perspective, I think that's going to uh, check the box for everyone. Appreciate that. These layers, so terpene, cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids, it's a three-layered data set. So you've got a multivariate data set. And when you put all of those together in a signature profile of a product or a, a flower, you can really start to create a, a true fingerprint of that product. Also, they, they act holistically together. You know, there's an entourage effect. We have yet to even put those three things together. I mean, that's, that's what's really exciting. So, and all this goes back to another pet project that we would love to get involved with here, you know, once, once, you know, we get a little bit more critical mass, which would be to, to start developing a chemotype. And so a chemotype, it would be a chemical type and which would be based on those three multivariant elements. What you could end up doing is uh, this is, this is the, this is where it comes down of customized medicine where I get so excited. I, I call this a, a reverse field trial. Reverse field trial, because normally when medicine goes out, they've got a new medicine nobody's taken. They give it to patients after patients fill out a questionnaire. And then there's, hey, what's the result of you taking this? Well, with cannabis, we've already got people utilizing it. It's already out there. People are already taking this, 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 you know, this, these products. So what you do is you go out into the field you, and the reason CanID is so exciting and all the other elements with, within the software is you've got a standardized platform. 
So if you deploy a standardized testing platform all over, you've got a really confident layer of baseline data. So you you don't have to worry about that. So you've got really good data. Whatever you're going to put in is going to be standardized for uh, analysis for for wherever you put this. So you deploy... You, de- you deploy these solutions in, you know, universities or, you know, in a, in a mobile Airstream lab, like I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a mobile office here. And you go around the country and you basically have people come in and they fill out a really detailed patient questionnaire. It could be anonymous or what have you. And maybe even they have a 23andMe profile. So you get a genetics, predisco- you got a genetics profile of these people. Then you take the product that they're taking consistently. You test it with those three layers. And... In that questionnaire has, you know, why are you taking this? How effective is it? You really dig down into the effectiveness of the therapeutic. And then I think what we're going to start to see is patients with these type of commonalities in a psychographic, physiological level are affected this way with this chemotype, these chemical profiles. And so at, at that point, you can truly put together the pharmaceutical model, but better nutraceutical or, you know, uh, you know, uh, just a, more, more, more naturalized, but it could be personalized medicine. So like if I, if I, if I have pain, you know, and I, I've filled out my profile and it, it, it's determined that somebody with my physiological profile is with, a, with a, you know, something that's anti-inflammatory. Well, CBD, of course, is great for that. But maybe I'm a blue diamond number six. That's what I am personally and how this combination of cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids affect me. I can actually now have a more broader application say, oh, this would be good for me and effective for me. So that's, that's next level what we can do after, you know, when we deploy, now that we've got a real solid standardized testing platform, you can deploy these and start really applying, you know, you applied data, you know, and that's, that to me is, that's when you can profoundly impact people's lives. Yeah. That, that to me is, is so exciting because as, as we've said on the show a bunch of times, when people walk into a dispensary and they grab the highest potency product because they want to get the most stoned, they're missing a lot of the components of the plan. And I think potency while King right now is probably more geared in, in a shorter term approach. And I'm with you, Cree. I can't wait for a time where I can grab a product, sleepy, hungry, extra fries, anything that's associated with something specific where you just am looking for that type of relaxed or pain relieving feel and just kind of bringing the those together and hopefully sooner rather than later, right? I, I think people like you in the space and, and other researchers kind of gravitating towards space and maybe the next generation kind of with the universities and studying the effects and, and people volunteering their time. I, I know a lot of people would be happy to, to participate in a study where they've got to consume different types of uh, <laughs> cannabis strains and make, all right, well, like I was a little hungry here. Well, this one made me super sleepy. And I bet you there'd be people lining up outside the doors. We've seen what's going on in Arizona where there's just lines outside, people waiting to get in. Could you imagine what a study like that would be? It would just be wild. Well, we could, I mean, it, we could maybe do like a crowd, it's like, it's, it's crowdsourcing, but maybe we even, yeah, it, it, all we would have to do is collect the samples and apply it to, to, you know, effectiveness of the therapy or, you know, what, it, what it did. It's, it's it, there's so many things to do um, with it, but it, it really starts with creating, uh, you know, an analytics 
um, solution. And, and there's just so many applications for it. Um, we, again, we love, we love the clients we work with. We, 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 we hold their hand throughout the whole thing. You know, Kelly, you were saying, you know, do have we worked in other, you know, other looking at other crops and, and looking at different content? Well, not, not there yet, but our clients can call us and say, Hey, you know, we're working on a water, a nano water, you know, can you help us develop methods there? So these are things that are really accelerating our knowledge base that we're passing on to more and more people. Homogenization, like I was bringing up, you'd be surprised how many people don't understand that you've got to blend the heck out of a sample that you get. So when you send it to us, we're going to blend it too, because it will settle and there's, it's going to be different when it gets here. And that's, a, I think, another uh, another subject. But I think that's a reason for a lot of mislabeling of products. I don't think it's being done nefariously. I think a lot of it's being done because they are not homogenizing their, san- their, their products before they fill immediately. And then maybe even the testing is not being homogenized. So you're not getting the same material because, you know, these, this is viscous material. These are lipids. So they're, they're fatty. They, they'll seek their own level in, in, a, in a solution. Two quick questions and then a prediction time. First one, Cree, when was the last time you consumed any cannabinoid products? So I, I take CBD nightly uh, with melatonin. It, um, I'm 50. I got aches. I got aches. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's been really helpful. Uh, you know, it's in your system. And when you wake up, you can get started a little bit more before you work out. And so, yeah, I, I take CBD and a melatonin combination night, uh, nightly. Awesome. So last night. And for any listeners out there that have ideas, want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about kind of the value you bring to the space and are maybe interested in learning more about the can ID, What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So I would say the the website, uh, which is an ongoing, you know, journey. That website's getting better and better and better. It's it's. Uh, can I give a website address out? Whatever you want. Sure. It's uh, it's uh, ionizationlabs.com, www, of course, w dot i o n i z a t i o n labs dot com, and on that site it'll say, hey, if you're interested in getting tested samples, there's that little path. Awesome. Let's do prediction time. As legalization continues, what would you like to see happen sooner rather than later from a testing standpoint? We'll start with you, Craig. Wow. Is this, this is my like wish list? What's that? This is, oh. We'll start with you. This is so, what you um, want to happen sooner rather than later. I, okay. So essentially, I would like to see uh, operations be able to test internally actually for COA. The, the pharmaceutical industry does it, the liquor industry does it. And I think that if you set up certain parameters, that if you have a piece of equipment that is certified to be able to provide the right results, uh, that I think people should be able to, to certify in-house. And um, that would help really remove a huge, you know, bottleneck in the industry. Now, the other side of it is that's just a temporary one. You still would probably have to send it out to a third-party lab, but you could at least start selling and moving the process through and saying, I have this and it's on this standardized platform. So I'd like to see that happen. And of course, if you cheat the system, there should be, you know, big, big deals to deal with that. And uh, that should be a big problem. I also think with the full legalization, I would like to see the ability to send a certain amount of samples across state lines, if, if it's under a certain amount uh, for reasoning purposes. And I say that because 
that would allow people to not have to just utilize labs within their own state. And I think that um, it would be really good for the industry. So being able to ship small amounts of legal cannabis across state lines for research and testing purposes, that's what I'd love to see. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I would love to see more consumer awareness regarding all the other testing that is uh, required for a COA, right? I think consumers right now are just looking at potency. They pick up the label, they see the potency, and they don't understand that like that had to go through heavy metal testing. It had to go through pesticide testing. It had to go through solid testing. It had to go through all these other tests. And I think as the industry matures and as more people enter, hopefully we get a lot more creative insight into how to display that information in uh, an easy to digest uh, way for the consumer, right? Because terpenes there, it could be 85 different terpenes and you're trying to put 85 different chemical concentrations on a, a small label, like you're, it's just going to get lost. So I'd like to see uh, more creative ways to kind of communicate the results that are also already being implemented in the space. It's awesome. I, I don't know, Kellen. I think less is more. And I wonder whose job is it to educate the consumer on this area? So I think I kind of side more with Cree that I want to have more in-house testing because I think that'll alleviate the bottleneck. Plus, I think it'll help from a quality control and a consistency standpoint. And I think anytime you can open up the United States from a more national level and allow people to kind of compete from a performance standpoint, I think you really drive around the turnaround cost because the ability to not ship products outside states, I understand all those those legality issues, but at the end of the day, we should be looking to accomplish it as an industry and not being like, okay, like Texas can't do this, these things and New York can't do these things and Minnesota can't do these things. And if you want to operate, you have all these other challenges within the space, like we've talked about over and over again. And at a certain point, we need to do a better job of making the industry flourish versus putting these restrictions on it because there are opportunities for growth. There are opportunities for medicinal purposes. And it starts with understanding that we have to put the building blocks in place to allow these companies that are doing incredible things like you, Cree, to continue to not only just operate in the space, but to continue to excel and to grow to help all the areas of the space. Yeah. Well, thank you. And and point of point of um, uh, reference, when I say testing in house, it's for potency to do all the really necessary tests that that Kellen had talked about, which is you know the mycotoxins, all the health and safety things. Because you know this plant, if it's not grown correctly, it, it, there's heavy metals are very dangerous. Mycotoxins can be very very dangerous, and that's mold and fungus because that doesn't die. I mean, you can inhale those, and and people that are you know uh, are depressed as far as, you know, uh, physically depressed, they can be very profoundly negatively impacted on that. So we're not going to get rid of, I wasn't trying to talk about getting rid of third-party labs. We need sure. that without this. If the potency was the, the, the way to quickly just keep commerce going. So yeah, I just wanted to make that point of, 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 of reference. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, Cree. We really enjoyed the conversation and we look forward to kind of chopping up with you again in the future. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks guys. So good to see everybody. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. 
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.